Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. We have got another great show for you tonight. Uh, Friday, we always have a great show, but tonight we have some amazing personal stories that I think are just going to maybe open your eyes in a way that you didn't even think was possible. Marcus, it's good to have you here again. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, John. It is quite the pleasure to be back on the Jay Moore Tech Talk show. It's always a pleasure to have you with me and giving such great commentary. We had some great comments the other day saying, who's that wonderful gentleman? I said, that's uh, Marcus Hart. I said, he's my co-host. And he does an amazing job. They said you just have that right knack, that uh, just that right gift to be able to just compliment things, which really does take a gift. So you're a great co-host. Thank you so much, Marcus. Well, thank you, John. So when we're talking about things right now, and I know everybody's thinking about the pandemic, well, we're not going to go there right now. But India uh, is supposed to review their new IT Act. Uh, the central government has started international uh, and internal discussions to revamp the two decades and old Information Technology Act. Uh, top officials said that the massive shifts in technology will call for changes in the regulatory frameworks. Uh, this is going to be pretty big, Marcus, and I'm guessing it's going to cost some bucks, too. Anything that comes with regulatory changes always ends up in some dollar increase. So expect it. So it's another way that government can basically have an excuse to charge people and make a profit. If we did that in business, we would be yeah. getting a fine or we'd be doing something illegal. But when the government does it, it's like it's naturally legal to do it. Do you get that? Exactly. This is why people don't want government to get too big and, and to get to uh, their hands in all of your cookie jars. Yeah, I, I don't even want them in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, John. I like it. <laughs> so I know that this is going to cause a lot of challenges, not only for them, but I'm sure for the United States, because if the United States does a lot of business uh, with overseas, I'm sure we're going to have to comply with these new changes. This is the what people were kind of cautioning about, you know, shipping your business overseas and trying to grow large and and yeah. and people call them. Uh, I guess kind of they thought they was getting away with it, but now it's just your karma. Exactly. And they were talking, you know, about the GDPR and the general data protection regulation, which has been in effect for a while since May 25th, 2018. And companies in the United States were just starting to wake up to that this year. And the, the later part of last year, 2020, that if you did business with a company and they had a international presence, well, then that company had to be GDPR uh, compliant. It was funny how they snuck that in, and that cost companies not just thousands, but millions of dollars, Marcus. Exactly, and this is not going to change. And being that this is India we're talking about, India is a huge threat when, we talk, when we're talking economics here, when we're talking about uh, in terms of the, the battles of the, uh, of the super poppers. They're, they're going to be uh, in that conversation very close here. Yeah, I think they're going to be very concerned, but I think they're going to dictate pretty much the way things go. Now, I know a while back, 
Uh, it was speculated uh, by our, our house and the president saying that um, we're going to be manufacturing everything in the United States. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's great, but is it really feasible immediately? It's not. It's not. When, when you got so many businesses scattered uh, across the globe and when when we are so kind of locked into this global economy, uh, and you know, what what someone does over here may, may affect this part of the, part of the industry. We 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 have to be careful when we say that we want to put everything American on, especially when we don't have the, the resources. I think it's a good idea, and I think it's a great goal to shoot for. Yes. You no, know? but I don't think it's a goal for tomorrow or for today. It's going to take us some time, so we're going to have to eat crow for a little while. Maybe not forever. But for a little while, until we can build our own uh, ecosystem up. I agree with you. So I know uh, in politics, and we try not to get into that in our show, but they're just trying to give people a bunch of hogwash that everything's going to be okay tomorrow. And and you and I both know that's not going to happen. They're trying to sway voters and now possibly create a third party or a fourth party because there's just so much indecision in government right now, isn't there? It is. It's so much. Everything's up in the air right now. And and not to get into politics, but the fact that they had a motion before to be passed, to have um, past President Trump uh, impeached for the second time, uh, the Republicans actually declined that at the Senate level. So that's really sending a message, isn't it? That's telling me that they're already planning or setting the wheels in motion to bring him back in a couple of years. Talk about trying to take a tough pickle out of the jar. It, you just leave it right there in the jar. And I think that's what they decided to do uh, on this, on this move. The Republicans already had their Trump card ready. I think the problem was Marcus that I don't know all their personal business, but who knows what would have happened if they did that. You know, maybe there might have been some deals that weren't discussed publicly. And who knows what could have happened to relatives, friends, nothing to their lives. But I'm sure things could have been made hard for them. And that might have been because of the Trump administration. I don't know. But we don't know what private deals were set. And I just feel that that was really the reason to why they didn't do it. It wasn't because of the party. It wasn't because they didn't want to impeach him. There's more to this, Marcus, I really believe. You might just be on to something. And it's just something that we just can't quite put our finger on. And hopefully we might get the news sooner than later and not be surprised. So I think, again, the the word I like to use, Marcus, is we have to be cognizant or aware of what's going on. Right. We can't walk around uh, with our eyes closed all day long. (laughs) We're already doing that now. (laughs) All right. Well, we have the mask on our on our face. So. Uh, yeah. Put it a little higher, and then we won't be able to see. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> but yeah. uh, there, there's a lot happening, including you know uh, revamps of the way policies can be done, and we'll talk about that a little later. But something that's uh, been coming up to uh, pass a lot, and one of the past shows, you know, we talked a lot about Telegram and yeah. some other programs that people could use to keep their texting safe, right? Well. Mm-hmm. There's been some controversy about what's coming up with the WhatsApp. Uh, you know, what's really going on? 
um, you know, internal discussions are on with the IT uh, ministry over implications of the recent move by the Facebook-owned messaging platform. Uh, you know, what's going on? Who's really controlling the data? And WhatsApp, which has over 400 million users, get this, Marcus, in India. Oh, wow. <laughs> counts the country among its biggest markets globally. That tells me that whatever India does, that's why this is so important. People say, well, what does it matter what India does? It matters. It does. They've got one of the largest bases for this WhatsApp. And what if our data from the United States started, I don't know, just slowly meandering over there? And then it being used for things that may not be so ethical. And other sources are saying that the WhatsApp policy of the update has to be evaluated in the context of the current legal framework. And that sounds like a lot of legal mumbo jumbo. The glass, <laughs> the glass isn't crystal when we no. look at it. Not at all. And when Facebook is the parent, <laughs> who, who, who's, no, who's, who's to really say that your private messages is really end-to-end -end encryption like they say it is? I, I don't I don't trust it. And, you know, the IT ministry and what they're trying to do and yeah. they're just saying right now that uh, the decision right now, it's really nothing has been made. And the development comes, you know, from the raging debate over the WhatsApp controversy about its new terms of service and privacy policy around how it processes user data and it partners its data with Facebook to offer integration across social media giants products platforms. That's really the big kahuna right there, Marcus. It is. But I, I like the fact that you brought up, brought to our attention in a, in a past episode of just the different options we got besides WhatsApp. And I, I got to pose the question to you again, and, and maybe many of the fans out there are wondering too, is this a good time to start looking out for more of those stip mode startups? So... Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. You know, I think a lot of them are going to come out, especially when we get more into the Internet of Things. But I think we have to be cautious because the thing about, you know, like Telegram, they're not a for-profit company. So when you think of something like this, I mean, I always get leery, Marcus, because, you know, even things like, you know, Clubhouse, Clubhouse isn't turning a profit yet. Right. But you have to ask yourself, so why is Telegram formed? If Telegram is not a profit company, why did they form it? Exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that, that just goes, uh, it does not generate revenue as it stands right now right now with the current agreement keeping the company free of influence of any money. This is as of September fund, uh, 2019. Funding is 100% privately generated by Mr. Pavel Dorov. Now, this gentleman, this, this, this is what's interesting. Why would somebody like him do this and privately fund this? He is a Russian entrepreneur who is best known for being the founder of social networking sites and later Telegram. So is he using Instagram to be an incubator for something else? 
I don't think he's going to compromise security, but I just feel that this isn't going to be free forever. There might be a limit or he might be trying to build his own new social platform. And this might just be tests on how to get it to work. Regardless of the fact that you look at it, there's got to be some long game plan that's soon to be revealed. And if we had to take a basketball and, and spin it on our fingers, <laughs> but we, we know just how hard that is. But we can predict how many times it's going to spin around after a while. Exactly. And they're building up this thing called Respect Your Users. And the Telegram founder, Pavel, uh, Pavel Durov, slams that uh, he says he's happy to save Facebook tens of thousands of millions of dollars and give away their secrets for free. Uh, something just doesn't seem copacetic there, Marcus. I don't know. I, I cannot put my finger on it. But I would be really leery. And like I said, Telegram doesn't pay for channels or groups itself. There's no monetization program inside it. However, Telegram is one of the main and important parts of marketing or business itself. So people make thousands of dollars per month by selling their products, uh, services, or ads. So it sounds to me like, and I could be wrong, they built Telegram to be a platform very similar to PayPal, because, you know, there's like a free version of PayPal. I feel like they built this platform as a conduit to allow communication and eventually, Marcus, to allow payment. Mm. I think we're going to see in the next year that Telegram is going to start being able to connect to your bank account. I don't know if I'm going to jump on board with that. No, I, I don't see myself doing that either. And if you know anything about open platforms like that, you 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 would know that that's a, a playground for bad actors to just pride themselves onto your yard and and get to jumping with the rope that you were jumping with. Yeah, and pretty soon they're going to become a chameleon and they're going to blend in with the grass that you have, and you're not even going to know they're on your lawn. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I think <laughs> we've got to we've got to yeah. keep our uh, nose to the ground and just kind of be mindful of, of what's going on. Uh, and now here's something also that I want to bring to your attention. Uh, and I quote, law enforcement agencies cannot make any sense of the telegram data they receive from the ISPs because they don't have the encryption keys to telegram. The use of bots ensures that the identity of the user is not revealed. So it gets difficult, if not impossible, to trace who is promoting any type of i.e. child pornography, terrorism, or anything else that may be considered bad or illegal or harmful to society. How about that? Sounds pretty ironclad. Yeah, it's ironclad, but I would get bet that if that's going to allow, be allowed to continue to operate with the United States, somebody in the Department of Defense, um, you know, the uh, FCC, is going to have to have that encryption key somewhere. Just like we all know, Apple's encrypted. Right. But if you forget something, they can't help you. But let's just go if push comes to shove. I bet any billions of dollars in the world push to shove that Apple could get any message. Now, they said they can't, but I don't believe them. There's a back door in there. Now, they're not being mischievous and using it, but if the turn of Apple ever changed, 
we have to be mindful of who has the key to that because I believe there's a back door into that data. Yeah, it has to. It's it's not like they're making these things and, and then they say set it and forget it. Uh, I think it's definitely a way. Uh, we we saw what happened years. I think it was years back with Apple and they had the back and forth with the government about it. Uh, so they're, they're not they're not really fooling anybody. And I don't think Telegram is fooling anybody either. No, I think it's good what they're doing. And they're getting a lot of clout, Marcus for being a public service platform. That's really what they're getting. They're getting a lot of free publicity right now. Yes, good publicity. But sometimes you can run it out. Yeah, I think if they just do one thing the wrong way, they're done. It's like we talk about this many times, Marcus. You know, you take years to build a friendship or a relationship. But you do that one thing, and you can destroy the trust in a fraction of a second. Exactly. And I am very certain that Telegram may do that in the future if they're not careful. Yeah, I, I really would like to know what their, what their long-term plans are because it, it just seems very generous what they're doing to, right now. And with all genera- generosity for, for so long, uh, the, the relationship gets a little one-sided. Yeah, it, it, it just seems very hard to understand and, you know, that it's 100% free. And the fact, like we said, that they don't make money, but if somebody is using it as a conduit to make money, then they've just provided, let's say, uh, the vehicle to transport that message. Maybe they're transporting bank accounts on there. We don't know. Right. They could. Yeah, it could be. Uh, and could be, I want to let you could be using it for themselves. <laughs> I bet you didn't know this. We talked yeah. about the good things of Telegram. I'm going to talk about the bad things of Telegram right now. Mm-hmm. Did you know you thought that was all? Thought that was bad? Well, that's nothing. Uh, <laughs> did you know that Telegram has actually been banned in a few countries? Oh no, I did not. It's, this is for me here because of the end-to-end encryption strategy of Telegram which does not permit any outsider to peep into somebody's visits, the application has been restricted in a few nations. For example, Iran, where Telegram is the most popular. So no no terrorist activity or fun for, for that country, I see. Yeah, so, so I, I just feel it's going to be very interesting. Um, and as it becomes a problem, I mean, they could be in anywhere they want. And the question you're probably asking me, is Telegram ban- banned in India? I know that's what everybody's probably saying. Um, well, <laughs> right now, uh, it appears that they're allowing access. But, I mean, they could change that at any time. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Um, it's not banned in India, India but I'm going to tell you one thing about it. It's illegal to use in India. So explain that one to me. That's an oxymoron, right? (laughs) It's not banned in India, but it is illegal to use. Yeah, it it really sounds uh, like a setup. Uh, I I, I don't understand that. So, but how are they even monitoring, or how would they even know if they even you know? That's the problem. They can't. (laughs) They can't. You don't even go to an app. You you could just go to Telegram. Uh, .org. It's a .org. And you could download it right from there. And the App Store sure doesn't tell people uh, 
who's downloading something. They certainly wouldn't do that. That's against uh, Apple's privacy and Android's privacy. No. So the Telegram app has uh, a global search feature that allows you to reach all of its channels and all of its groups. And it shows uh, a lot that's going on via shared channels. And it was first launched in 2015. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. For broadcasting messages to large audiences uh, at that time. Now, Telegram's biggest user, do you know who it is? Um, Take would, it be, would it be the UK? Uh, go a little further. Hong Kong. Hong Kong, really? Telegram's biggest user in Hong Kong is now considering censoring it due to its association with the recent protests. <laughs> that sounds about right. Telegram has been banned in China, Pakistan, and Russia. Well, we knew that was coming. And the app has had over 200 million users across the platform, and that was just after a while back. So now I think they're up to like 400 million. And Pavel Durov, who's now around 36, 38, something like that, roughly, maybe 35. Uh, he's a billionaire, and he's also known to some as the Russian Mark Zuckerberger. And he founded Telegram. And he made his fortune establishing the, the Vukontikate, the popular social network in Russia. But he was exiled back in 2014 over his refusal to cooperate with security services. He created Telegram in 2013, and he published the manifesto attacking competitor WhatsApp, which was his main motive, they said, for developing it, which lacked security. So Telegram's encryption is one reason it's become so popular with the protest movements and white governments like Russia, Pakistan, and India. It's only parts of India, not all of India, have moved to ban the application altogether. So... It's got some issues, but it seems like there's no regulation. This right here is going to require some some type of nonprofit, another nonprofit oversight. Uh, you took the words out of my health. Just like we had the W3Cs and other associations to come up with security standards, we're going to need one for Internet of Things. I think we're going to need one for... Uh, communication, messaging communication. And that yeah. might be part of the Internet of Things because the Internet of Things, the real issue of the Internet of Things is communication, security, governance, and who has access to that data and are we logging and controlling the data? 
So I think it's all going to be under that same. Yeah, this this fits right in there, and that yeah. uh, it's it's going to be a problem. Uh, I don't think uh, we people users going to be a hundred percent safe on here uh, with just the content that they may get exposed to, and then you get dropped with some kitty porn and, and it's not even yours because yep. of these open channels and, and then you get busted for it. And, and before you know it, it, it gets all nasty. It, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a problem, but on other notes, <laughs> we'll leave that here for, for tonight. Um, there's been some rumor that Apple is launching a, a virtual reality set soon. So this product, um, is uh, not aimed at the mass market, Apple Insiders, because the product will cost more than $300 to $900 estimated price tag of the commercial virtual reality headsets. Uh, example, like Facebook, Pico, Sony, etc. And it's meant to leverage the company's most advanced chips and display tech. Apple's VR headset could run as high as, are you listening? $6,000. Oh, wow. So you, you, you buy yourself Which a brand. Which is as high as the Mac Pro desktop. Yeah. <laughs> so upon a projected 2023 launch, so we got a couple of years yet, and I quote, Bloomberg writes that Apple might only go to 180,000 units a year. A far cry from Apple's typical product volumes that run in the tens of millions like their phones and other devices. That's <laughs> interesting, isn't it? That is. Mark was trying to do that for a while. I don't know what happened to him, but he was trying to do something with virtual reality with Facebook. But it seemed like that sizzled, didn't it? It was like he made this big thing, and then it kind of like just fizzled out. Yeah, you hear nothing more about it. And, you know, I don't know if Apple's trying to get the ducks in a row and and get the most advanced technology they can get for this thing and, and just jam it in there. And that's why the, the ticket price is so high. I know the R&D for any virtual reality is, is not going to be inexpensive. And I think when Mark was working on this, there were two issues. One, there was a cost issue. People didn't want to pay it. And the second was he really didn't have a network of developers because let's face it, he wasn't going to develop enough applications. What were we going to do? Have a Facebook application with virtual reality? What the heck's that going to do for us? <laughs> right? So he didn't have the things needed to make this a success. Apple has developers, and I wouldn't be a bit supply, surprised if some of the developers already, they make people sign non-disclosures. And we talked about this on other shows, how one company lost uh, a big deal with Apple because they opened their mouth and they found out about mm -hmm. it. So I believe that they probably have a good portion of Apple developers that are starting to work on VR deployment right as we speak, programs. And I think that's why this is leaked to the media, that somebody found out that they were developing uh, these things. I don't think it was because we learned it from Apple. I think we heard that maybe a developer was doing something. I'm like, huh, who is it for? Apple. And they just put one on one together. That makes a lot of sense. And that's typically how these type of stories get leaked, especially when it comes from the camp of Apple the, with them with them being highly secretive with uh, so many projects. So uh, I, I'm just wondering though, with, with such a high ticket price like this, uh, are you, are you suspecting that it's just 
a way to get people's eyes off of it for now. I think what it really is being done for is a couple things, Marcus. One, we know that developing for virtual reality is not inexpensive, as we said. Yeah. And I believe that this price, however they're going to sell X number, is going to basically pay for initial R&D and put money into being able to lower the cost on the device. Because their big expense is R&D and also the manufacturing of these VR headsets. They have to get enough volume. Same problem we had when we talked about the, remember the hands that had the skin on them? Uh, that allowed yeah. you to feel the game and it would sense things. So when you touch things in a game, it would, it would actually compress your hand. You could even feel moisture and stuff like that. Now, the biggest problem they had was they didn't have a source that could make the skin, which is why that glove was so expensive, if you remember. Mm -hmm. So they're doing this because, um, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality. And I believe it's also going to tie into the new uh, Apple self-driving car project. Yeah, that'd be great. That's where I believe they're doing this because they're not doing this so people can go play video games. Apple's got bigger things to do than make video games. Yeah, they're dude. doing this for a real cash cow. Yeah, there's there's definitely some some huge uh, opportunity in this that's outside of just the gaming world. As as much as people can just only tunnel vision down the tunnel and look at gaming, it's there's so much other possibilities with this. And I think you you're hitting the 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 point right on the head with this one. Yeah, it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But you know, they never really share the truth about things. But whenever they do stuff in the beginning, like let's take Wi-Fi for example. I buy a, a high-end Wi-Fi router for home. That's a Wi-Fi six. It's almost a thousand dollars. That router in a couple of years is gonna drop three four hundred dollars, and then go a little bit further down the road when the next one is coming out. That same router is not even worth two hundred bucks. <laughs> it's supply and demand. Remember, we said once before. It is. And actually, this comes from a, a quote from Mr. Bill Gates that if we were as advanced in the car industry as we are in the computer industry, we would be buying computers for a dollar to ten dollars. Cars, I should say. A dollar to ten dollars with the way we're producing them. But we're not that advanced. Huh. Now, here's something really crazy. There is a new market for the world's most expensive pet fish. Now, some of these uh, fish are endangered Asian arowanas. And uh, how much do you think this uh, fish uh, goes for? Beautiful little purple fish. I would imagine that, that that fish is going to be similar to buying any other exotic animal. So let's let's give her ten grand. All right, can you give? Can you multiply that times thirty? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, three hundred thousand dollars is what the starting auction price is. Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> uh so it, it's nuts. Um, and um, people, um, federal agents are pulling over in unmarked cars, people that have these fish. And uh, it, it, it's just amazing 
what's going on. But really, people are saying this is a status symbol. Mm. You know, when we when we think about just what people with money would do uh, just to have that thing that say, hey, look, uh, look at me. It, it, it can become sickening sometimes. And but is, is it really worth three hundred thousand dollars? I could probably think of some other things to do with three hundred thousand dollars. You probably could, too. Yeah, I, I can eat. I can eat a couple of those fish that uh, that are. <laughs> you, you 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 could buy two of the medium end Teslas for a hundred thousand a piece. Yeah, or, or my own fish market. <laughs> yeah, you could you could start your own business and start uh, and start uh, you know breeding fish. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. But but it's going to be interesting what happens. And the arowana uh, was. Brought by Indonesian President uh, Su Ilo Bambang, I'm going to kill his last name, Yud Hoyano, at a piece of 200 M rupees or 20,000 US dollars. And it swims during an exhibition in the Jakarta in 2008. So that was the low end price. But the $300,000 fish started to get up in price in the mid-1980s. Mm. And I guess it's because of supply and demand, Marcus. I guess that's what it's yeah. about. Yeah, it's definitely. It, it's, it's definitely one of those things that you, if, you, if you don't have it, you're not in the, in the end. But here's the interesting thing. A lot of the companies are selling these. They do around $3 million in U.S. dollars in annual revenue. Oh, wow. Their average fish sale, fish sale is 3000 per fish. I guess they're all not buying that expensive fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, that's going to be interesting. Um, but I just thought that was you know, something to share with everyone that, you know, would you go out there and you know, go buy a $300,000 fish? Oh, I might think twice before I do that. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say it's real fishy. There's something fishy <laughs> about the whole price. You know, yeah. Uh, well, it's it's just it's all about the supply and the demand, Marcus. That's really, yeah. I think, what it's coming down to. It absolutely is, and when you can play with that, you can get people to spend spend people who got the money at least to spend on things like this, uh, it, and it's just ridiculous. It's something you might find a doctor's office, right? Yeah. And uh, I know I I, I went to. Uh, a previous dentist a while back, and he had a fish in that uh, tank. And I went to the store, and I was just curious because I just thought it was so beautiful. And that one fish he paid $6,000 for. It was like a rainbow fish. Oh, wow. So I get something like that, okay? Yeah. But not $300,000 for a fish. Yeah, well, either price, uh, I'm going to have to back out of that deal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, a lot's happening with, um, you know, stuff on, uh, Twitter and things like that, but, you know, Twitter is now planning to decentralize social media as per Jack Dorsey. He said he's committed to decentralization and everyone's asking, how do we know? Well, for one, his Twitter, Twitter bio only says one thing, Bitcoin. That's got me silent. 
<laughs> you know, it's just like when you see someone just put the hashtag, you know, Black Lives Matter. You know, does it really mean that, the, you know, that you're going to be following through on what you're saying? Or they just because they want to get the traffic. Exactly. So we, we already know Jack has, you know, been in hot water with with the government already. And he's been called, uh, got subpoenaed earlier last year. Well, late last year. We talked about that on the previous episode. Yeah, so. yeah. So so now that his fan base is kind of turning on him, uh, it, I guess it would make sense to to put hashtag Bitcoin to kind of get riled people riled up. So then he started an initiative called Blue Sky to create a decentralized web protocol for social networks. It's very similar to if we were to decentralize internet messaging protocols like IMAP, um, which are used by different email providers like Yahoo, Google, Gmail, and Outlook to let you send and receive emails. I just don't see the point, really. Yeah. It seems like he's trying to get a certain audience. And without centralized modernization, hate speech can run wild, they're saying. So the question I have is, you know, I get that we may have to censor things if they're going to cause a problem to someone's safety. I get that. And we never should say anything against somebody or, you know, put uh, bad comments about them or uh, harm them in any way. We shouldn't do that. But to block people's thoughts that are not really about, you know, an attack on somebody, because that's what a lot of times these things are in politics. Mm hmm. It was clear after Trump's ban that anyone can instantly lose their bullhorn. And on that Wednesday day, China's U.S. Embassy Twitter account was locked for comments regarding its uh, Uyghur population. So it really makes you think, Marcus, are they doing it for everyone or are they being selective? It's like if there's a rule for you and me. But now another kid comes down the street and, oh, well, it doesn't apply to him. Well, well, wait a minute. Why doesn't it apply to him? Well, it just doesn't apply to him, but it applies to everyone else. Well, why? Well, because I said so. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. Right? That's exactly what it is. It, it, it reminds me of being, being in high school when you go tell the teacher <laughs> – Hey, he was he was doing it. How, how come you didn't do it to him? And then the <laughs> teachers tell you because I said so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it uh, was like if there was a yeah. pet in the in the classroom, the pet was protected. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I don't know. So I, we'll have to see what's going on with that. But I think it's completely a ploy what he's doing. I think there is no validity in the concept of him honestly trying to. Uh, 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 decentralized social networks. Yeah, I, I say to that, wake me up when he does it. Yeah, it's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be a while. Yeah. And uh, you know, vaccinations all across the country, unless people are you know sixty five or older, they're able to get them now. And it's still a choice for people, you know, whether they want to get the vaccination, not get it. And uh, they're saying right now 50% of the population wants to get it, 50% doesn't. But I don't think they have the right, Marcus, to be able to, you know, force somebody to do it and then prevent them from not flying or going on a cruise 
it's unclear to me to whether they're going to be successful in that. What do you think? They're not going to be. Um, there's going to be so many people going underneath the radar. There's going to be people getting turned turned around and then getting upset because they got turned turned around. But then they're trying to put apps out, but that's going to go against people's privacy. They're now in some parts of California issuing cards to show that you've been vaccinated. Just another card to lose. Well, that's right. But now they want to make it so it can go on your phone, be part of your Apple wallet. Oh, and what else? What else is going to be um, <laughs> allowed? I know. I I think this is so so ridiculous. But in bringing this all up with with vaccinations, uh, vaccinating vaccination passports, they're a complete disaster, Marcus. Uh, nearly 150 years after the CDC gave students proof of vaccination cards to return to school, and because of smallpox outbreak, they're using the same playbook now. And this is going to be a big tech mess to clean up, is is what I think. You know, around the globe, teams are working on COVID vaccines. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Verification programs so we can go back to all the crowded spaces so that we dearly miss. But here's the issue, Marcus. There is no benchmark. There is no standard for developers, manufacturers to use when designing a COVID passport. They're going to be trying to stick all different kinds in your face. And the, the question is going to be which one is going to be the most HIPAA compliant, the most exactly data protected. So the government now is deciding to take matters in their own hands. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, I say that yeah, one. we can trust them. Huh? Oh, I, I, I'm going to believe them. Like uh, I'll hold my breath for them waiting. Uh, the LA County vaccinated residents gets physical CDC cards as well as digital cards for their mobile wallets, just like I was telling you. And people in China are using a symptom checking app to access hotels and subway to say whether you're clean or whether you're infected. And they actually can know if they get too close to somebody by seeing the color indication of whether they're a red or a green or a mark on the screen. Sounds like a movie. I know, but things in China are like that. The European Union is looking at a vaccine certification plan. Oh, that's going to be interesting. I mean, it sounds like they're kind of touching the issue, but really, they're not making any headway. And it's ultimately going to fall back on big companies. And they're saying now that if a company requires you to have a vaccine, you can't go back to work. So now, well, what do you do? Do you collect unemployment because you can't go back to work because you can't get the vaccine? That's going to be a big mess. Yeah. There's going to be so much more money lost than just the development of this and getting this right. I think the real magic is that there are no shortages of any challenges that they're going to face today 
and in the future. And if we don't come together, Marcus, as a society, I see us having big problems. This is just a minor blip on the radar. There's there's definitely some challenges along the way. It, it's going to be uh, quite the bit of the doozy trying to get the laws together, trying to understand you know how the platform works, and and then the the training you have to do the people who's handling the the, the, the technology. It's it's going to be quite, it's it's quite gonna hard. it's gonna be fun. So yeah. now that we have Good our time. new president office, uh, you know President Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is he going to handle tech differently? And there's a lot of questions around this. Uh, President Biden, I believe, has his hands full, and not just today, but in the coming years. Uh, you know, the Facebook and the, the Google are already facing the antitrust action lawsuits. Uh, the Justice Department outgoing antitrust chief supported a House Democrats' proposal to disallow any company with a 50% market share from making an acquisition in the same industry. The Section 230 that both major the U.S. parties want changes to the decades-old Section 230, which provides tech companies with liability protection for content on their platforms. Remember I told you that was coming? It's yeah. They want to do that. And it's for different reasons, though. So the Democrats want the companies to moderate the platform or be held liable. The Republicans want to penalize companies for censoring content. Can we all just get on board and come together as a country? There's a way to do both of this, both, you know, and have both, both what they're asking for and what they want are are reasonable wants, Mm -hmm. but you just can't have one without the other. No, I think it has to be put together in a, in a way way. is a compromise. Yes. And now Biden has said that section 230 should be revoked. (laughs) <laughs> Twitter and Facebook have said they want it updated too. So we may just see some changes that might be detrimental to not the companies that have been around for a while, but the new startups. That's been a big conversation since the beginning of, of when the talk started to ram up again. So there's no surprise whatsoever that startups are already in dire fear. And and uh, when Biden was a senator, he never supported or sponsored any bills that had to relate to net neutrality. The idea, um, you know, it was all Internet traffic could be treated equally. That's coming from a person who has just no concept whatsoever of what's going on behind the scenes, uh, which is why, you know, it's important to have good advisors to to advise on these things. It sounds to me, Marcus, like, and I've used this analogy before. So you're going to go to your surgeon or you're going to go to your barber uh, to get something removed from your face uh, or, or to have a tooth extracted. You're just going to go to your uh, barber. Now, I know that was very common 100 years ago. Uh, that's where the red... Uh, came from on the uh, barber pole. I'm not sure if many people knew that, but that red came from the uh, blood uh, that actually would come out because they actually did pull teeth many years ago. Yeah. So that's an interesting little uh, trivia fact, but (laughs) a lot's going to change. And the China trade war, Biden will also have to decide what to do with the executive orders on TikTok. 
and bans on various Chinese apps. What's he going to do? You know, we we know that uh, this was um, definitely going to be a big ticket. Yeah, everybody loves their TikTok, and no one wants to see it go bye-bye. So I think there's going to be a huge, big pressure on him to just to uh, get rid of those executive orders altogether. But I have a question when we think about Clubhouse, and that's that's new. Are they going down the same paths? Because not too long ago, they were saying that they're not even moderating the rooms for content. Now, I get that it's uncensored. I get it. But I'll tell you something. There's nothing from keeping a child out of uh, Clubhouse. No, it's not. And I there's think- no age. There's yeah. no age protection. It didn't ask for my age or validation for my birth date or anything. Nothing. Oh, well. Guess so. Here we are again. (laughs) (laughs) The technology's here, but we haven't thought through the logical issues that could potentially cause risk and responsibility. As we've said before, Marcus, there's no governance. No. Everyone's out to make the fast buck. It's not nice to say, but they're out to make the fast buck. And they say, oh, well, let somebody else worry about that. I hear you, but I don't think that's the proper way uh, to handle this. Because somebody is going to have to deal with this. Right? It's either going to be they're going to have to deal with it or they're going to have to embrace the consequences of not dealing with it. What are they going to do? Sweep it under the rug for another hundred years? <laughs> they can't really do that. <laughs> no, they really can't. So just pre- just prepare yourself for just the outrage that's going to come behind the consequences. So there's a new growth happening, Marcus, and it's in yeah. cobots. That's right. I didn't say robots. I said cobots. You ever heard of a cobot before? Oh, this is the first I heard of it. This this sounds very interesting. Okay, I thought you'd find it. So robots can basically exist in a 2D or 3D world. Cobots exist in a 4D world. So you're probably saying, okay, so what the heck is a cobot? Great question. So it's an augmented intelligence approach to physical robots, or they call bots. And the industrial robots that might come to mind when you think of physical bots operating in a 4D environment, such as when we need to separate humans to be safe in a certain environment. They're also uh, coined the term collaborative robots, and they're known by shorthand as co-bots. And they're meant to operate in conjunction with and to use proximity to humans to perform their tasks. So let me give you an example. Uh, We all know that in the pharmaceutical industry, there's a couple ways they can, you know, sterilize. Uh, They can use an autoclave. uh, Some of them use, uh, you know, uh, radiation, uh, very dangerous radiation at that. And they use the rods. Well, that's nothing that a human should ever be part of, right, or even close to. So now you could put a cobot there and handle that task in an unsafe environment while keeping the human way far away from that environment. That's very interesting. So 
the first example actually came in the 1990s when General Motors Robotic Center uh, was put in where humans would provide the power to make the machines to move while the cobots would provide the control and the steering to place objects with precision. And this way, humans were kept safe because they controlled the power of the robots while all the gaining on the advantages, the assistive capabilities, and getting to the actual nitty-gritty of the work was being done by the cobot. So in many ways, a cobot is the hardware version of an augmented intelligence robot experience. So we know what artificial intelligence was. We talked about that before. But it's a robot that can use its sensors and use the artificial intelligence world. And it may even be able to learn. So I think a lot's going to happen. We're going to see that uh, a lot of uh, equipment out there that's being manufactured now can be manufactured in a much faster, but more of a safer way. Just being able to handle sterilization for rods in uh, a pharmaceutical plant is something that takes a lot of time and effort. And uh, several years ago, I was sitting waiting for a bus, and there was a gentleman. And he told me uh, what he was making. And I think he was making something like, I'm going to guess, if I had to guess, he probably was making something like uh, $50,000. I believe it was $50,000. I think it was, uh, uh, yeah, 55, 420. It was almost $50,000 a week. Oh, wow. Now, that sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, that sounds pretty So I uh, – and there's taxes, I'm sure, taken out of that. But yeah. that was his, his gross. So I asked him, and he wasn't really with the program. And I was just trying to talk with him and learn about you know his job. And he didn't seem very happy. And I said, I know it's none of my business. I said, I'm just curious. You shared with me what you get paid. Can I ask you what you do? Oh, yeah, yeah. What I do is really easy. It doesn't really take much skill. So I was really intrigued. The bus was almost here. And uh, we'll call him Brian for argument's sake. And I said, Brian, I said, so how long have you been doing this? Oh, I've been doing this for six years. He says, but I really want to leave now because I want to leave before something happens because I want to have a family. And I said, I'm not understanding. What do you do? He says, well, I work for a pharmaceutical company. It still didn't click with me. And then he told me he worked in the sterilization department. Okay, so I still didn't find it yet. And he says, I work with these rods. And then he told me what these rods were, which are these, uh, these, you know, these very dangerous rods um, that come from the earth and uh, have radiation on them. And so, um, you know, when you think about something like this, I said to him, how long have you been doing it? And he says, oh, a while. He says, but my brain's starting to go and He's like, I get paid a lot of money, he says, but the problem is, I said, he says, I'm basically killing myself. I said, well, you should do something. He says, no, nah, I can't do anything. He says, you know, they pay me a lot of money, but unfortunately, I had to sign a release that if anything happens to me or my family, I can never go after them because I chose to work here. Wow. That's <laughs> That's that's a good story, Derek. And there's, <laughs> there's so much to to, to peel back from in, in the midst of that. 
But the light, the light of the story I want you to understand is that now that we have these cobots, they can do things. So if you need to do like um, maybe a fumigation of a home or you need to do stuff that could be potentially harmful to pets or to people, you have another device to do it. There was a, a time when they thought one of the buildings that we were working in had bombs in it. So they did the normal deployment to check, but they couldn't find anything. They got everybody out of the building and they sent these little robots in. Very small, Marcus. I'm going to say they look very similar to like a truck that you'd see maybe maybe 10 times bigger than that, uh, that you know, you would play with when you were a kid. And they sent these in and they had cameras on them and they went around the whole building, which took them a couple hours. And what they concluded was the building was safe and that there was a person that left a, gu a guitar case outside their unit. And they thought there might have been a bomb in that case. Mm -hmm. But because of that four hours of work, no human life was destroyed. And that's when I think technology is amazing. Now, we never want anything to get destroyed. But if a robot or a cobot gets destroyed, it's just money to rebuild it. It's not a person. Exactly. You know, that's that's a beautiful touch to, you know, what to, to the true power and essence of of use, good use of uh, technology, especially these these cobots uh, that they are called, you know, and definitely like to see more of these uh, and um, as they can be very helpful to some of the things that just occur in our daily life here. We're starting to see them. Uh, I think I had told you a while back, we weren't really calling them cobots, but they're kind of like cobots. Remember those little mini delivery trucks in China? Yeah. Actually in Wuhan, China, which is where the uh, virus started. Yeah. They're using these little vehicles to do delivery for touchless delivery. Yeah, I remember seeing that, and I, I remember us talking about that. And yeah, these these things are really going to change the way life is, and make make life is a lot more easier for some people, if so, not all of us. I think it's going to be a great thing. My only concern, again, is like I said to you, is going to be the governance and what happens with the data. Mm -hmm. I mean. The manufacturers around the world are facing the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 and 2021, and they're having huge challenges. So now we don't have to worry about a factory shutting down because now we have cobots that are manufacturing things. The bad thing about this, Marcus, in a plant is it gets rid of a lot of jobs. Mm. Let's just say we had a factory of maybe, I'm going to guess, several hundred workers. They only maybe need about four or five cobots. That's it. Right. So I think it's a great thing when you can use a cobot, but I think it should be used in environments where we want to spare human life. That makes sense. I like that. So they're they're used. These cobots can do things like welding, uh, soldering, painting. Because if a human is exposed to that too long, they might get dizzy, asphyxiated, right? So these cobots can precisely do the same task over and over again, and they never smell the paint, even though they're supposed to be ventilated and things like that. Right. And also, uh, they can work with lasers. And now, if 
the robot makes a mistake, which is very rare because it's precision, nothing's really going to happen except maybe something gets damaged. No one's going to get injured. Yeah, so, which again, you, you identify some real heavy points and some key values as to what these things bring uh, to just our lifestyles here. Human management is going to be the key as we move forward with these types of worlds. And robot design, programming, maintenance, and supervision are going to become the new jobs. So that's what's going to happen. Uh, hopefully, it will help our world to produce things quicker, faster, cheaper, more reliable. And then maybe give jobs to people that are in areas that are not like I said, subject to any type of harm to people. I agree. So it's it's a very interesting story. Hopefully you enjoyed that. And uh, I know when I heard that story from that kid, I was just, I was having a glass of water and I think I uh, dropped the water all over. Like I was like, he's like, you spilled. I, I was like, I was like in shock when he told that to me. Yeah, it's definitely an amazing story. And this is what, Jay Moore Tech Talk is all about. We bring you the stories. We bring you the truth. We bring you the real life feelings of people. It's yeah. not just technology. It's the people behind them and how technology is impacting their lives. We don't just tell you how to fix something uh, or how to plug something in or what to do when don't let being treated for pain be a pain come to downtown's healthcare 950 17th street in denver find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery without drugs call downtown's healthcare 303-292-9992 now in lowry or downtown mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner you're frustrated. We really get down to the personal matters that technology is affecting, which is our lives. Excellent, there. And boy, I, I feel like I have grown a lot, you know, just in just in the amount of value, you, you know, that I get every every week with you. So I, I know the audience is really appreciating this. Well, I love doing it. You know, this is my passion. I love being here with you, Marcus, and, and being here with our wonderful audience. It keeps growing and expanding every week. I feel so privileged uh, to be able to do this and to um, not only share knowledge, but, you know, I learn when I do this because when we do research and uh, we pick different stories, uh, even though I'm knowledgeable in this field, I find that I'm always learning something more every time I report on something, Marcus. So, this is an amazing growing point for me and it just enriches my life so much. And I hope that it enriches everyone else's life as much as, uh, you know, me bringing these topics to you guys and learning it myself. So thinking about these type of personal stories. Okay. We got a lot of personal stories tonight. <laughs> we got two more. Uh, so I hope you have the uh, tissue box handy. Um, social media. Right. Social media damages 
a teenager's mental health. A teenager's mental health is being damaged by heavy social media use. The research came from the uh, Education Policy Institute and the Prince's Trust said, and I quote, the well-being and self-esteem were similar in all children of primary school age. Still quoting, boys and girls' well-being is affected at the age of 14, but girls' mental health drops more after that, it is found. A lack of exercise is another contributing factor, exacerbating by the pandemic, the study said. According to the research, and again, I'm still quoting, one in three girls was unhappy with their personal appearance by the age of 14, compared with the one in seven at the end of primary school. The number of young people with problem mental illness has risen to one in six, up from one in nine in 2017. Boys in the bottom set at primary school had lower self-esteem at 14 than that of their peers. The well-being of both genders fell during adolescence, with girls experiencing a greater decline, the report had said, Till still quoting, however, it is recognized that girls' self-esteem and well-being stabilizes as they move into their late teens, whereas it continues to drop for boys. And the problem is that people are getting so hooked. I don't want to say on technology, but they're getting so hooked on social media that it's like they can't take a second breath. And to hear that teenagers' mental health is being damaged, that is so sad, Marcus. That is. It's, it's really a bad case here of uh, just what – oh, my God. It, it's what we, we feared a long time ago. Mm -hmm. and, and then the social media apps, they play, they play so much on the, on the behaviors – they study the behaviors of uh, of the user, and originally, you know, they don't care who who it is behind you know behind the app. You know, it's just when they when they can gauge you, uh, it, it's helping them. Uh, but on the other side of that, there's someone who needs even you know even more help after they have walked away and you know been a vacuum for just. Uh, just a, long, a, long, a long time, right? A long time. Just, you know, just sucking it all out of them. This is the thing. You know, I feel that sometimes, uh, whether it's uh, children uh, or whether it's adults sometimes, Marcus, to be honest yeah. with you, I feel that technology is great. But it's important. One of the things I do every single day is I take, um, except when it's except when it's snowing, is I take a sixty-minute walk. And I think it's so important, Marcus, to unplug from technology. I can't agree with you more. Sometimes you do got to just get away from it. Uh, but some, you know, the world we live it in, and the pandemic has not made it even better. I, it, it's keeping us in front of the screen a lot more. But the truth of the matter is, Marcus, you can get out. You can not have to wear a mask if you're not around anybody. And you can walk, and there's plenty of room to do that. You don't have to go to a gym. As people say, oh, I can't work out to have a gym. Well, go walk. Uh, go get some weights at your local store and you know, do some um, barbells or something. 
do some push-ups. I feel that if you are glued to your phone as much as the people in this story, it's going to cause a problem because you're looking for constant approval. And when you don't get it, it's going to make you more depressed. Could lead to things like deep depression, suicide. Those are just a few things. So I think it's really important that we not only take care of our physical body, but we take care of our mental health as well. I agree. These are critical times here, and the, the trauma that we all have experienced at large uh, does require us to be a, a lot more mindful uh, to uh, just how, how fragile we are as people. Um, you know, but the young people, you know, they, they, they're the hardest hit and we got it. We got to make sure that they get the, the proper care. I think what happens is when you use technology, you know, you're alone, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But when you're constantly in front of a screen all day long and you don't interact with people in the world, I think it actually diminishes people's social skills. I agree with that. That's, that's a huge, huge point you raised there. And so we're going to have to figure out how do we get these kids to foster these important skills that they're being cut off from. Well, Nickelodeon does something which is quite remarkable, and I think it's for all ages, not just for, for teens. Uh, it's called uh, – I think it's called Get Outside Day or something. And basically what happens is uh, – yeah, they call, it, they call it National Get Out – that's actually what it's called, National Get Outside Day. That's what they call it. And I believe it's on September 29th. And there's a time, uh, I forget what time they do it. They actually put a message, and it might be different in the U.S., but this is what it is. Uh, I believe it's in the United Kingdom. And when they do get outside day, they actually turn off Nickelodeon. So on the screen, it says, we're outside playing, and you should be too. <laughs> now, I think that is remarkable. And then, of course, they let you know later on that Get Outside Day is sponsored by your local. But during the whole day, they just say, get outside and play. You know, use some of those muscles that you normally don't, whether it's walking, whether it's um, jumping rope, um, whether it's um, maybe uh, playing basketball or uh, tag or football or anything or maybe it's not even doing anything like that it's just being outside and becoming one with nature meditating outside yeah. maybe doing exercises outside that's, that's great stuff you know and this is all good stuff that can really be helpful and instituted right away so if you thought we had a lot of great stories we have one more <laughs> <laughs> it keeps we, have, we have we have one more story and this story is is quite amazing 
you know, a lot of times we talk about technology and uh, people will say, you know, that that piece of technology is great, but do I really need that technology? And here's an example, Marcus, of a piece of technology I think that's quite remarkable. An Apple Watch calls to save a cyclist that was swept into the River Wye. Cyclist was rescued from a flooded river after calling 999 uh, from his Apple Watch as he clung to a tree. The man was later swept off his bike into the swollen river Y in the Rutherwas, Hereford, on the day. And he was carried a mile downstream, but managed to grab a hold of a branch and spoke to fire control. Stage commander, and I quote, Sean Bailey said he was lucky to have kept hold of the branch, adding, we're very surprised he didn't lose his grip. Speaking to BBC, and again I quote, Hereford and Worcester, Mr. Bailey said the cyclist was spotted by passerbys who were able to give crews a sense of where he was. Even with that location, it still took us 20 minutes to locate him and rescue him and bring him to safety. He was speaking to our fire control whilst he was clinging onto a tree via his Apple Watch, which worked wonderfully well for us to actually get him as quickly as possible. The man was rescued about one mile from where he went into the river. Mr. Bailey said, adding he was very quickly swept into the fast flowing part of the river. Our guys are very well trained for this sort of event, but we can't replicate those situations. The high river levels that you get when it's in full flood. And it just goes to show you, I'm also a responder myself, and sometimes people panic, Marcus. And because yeah. of that panic, they put themselves into a spot where they really can't do anything or they cause more problems for themselves. So I think this is a kudos to Apple, you know, for a product that literally help keep him safe we don't hear too many products that do that no we don't we're not getting those type of hero stories every day uh well in this case apple watch was the hero and it just it just gave, kept that man alive thank god uh this it is kept just, alive yeah. but the thing about it was that you know and I know this because uh, many years ago, uh, when I was at uh, college, I was part of peer counseling. And you had to go through something called suicide prevention training. And the reason you needed this is that if somebody called in, you had to be able to talk with them and know what to do and know the signs if they were serious. And I remember uh, one call that came in. We had to triage that call for several hours. I was on for several hours, but that triaged into like three shifts on a weekend. And just the fact that that person had someone to talk to, they didn't take any more steps. Mm -hmm. By the end of that weekend, which was several shifts, we were able to get emergency personnel out there and let the person know that you know, are you okay? Well, we have personnel outside. If you want to step outside, we'll be happy to help you. Would that be okay? The most important thing is you don't want to charge them and you don't want to, you know, insinuate they're doing something wrong. You want to just kind of talk with them and guide it. 
And, and that's not an easy thing to do. But the reason I bring this up is that in this situation with the Apple Watch, it didn't really matter what the technology was, but just something that gave a hope. That hope is what gave that person the extra will to hang on. Because maybe if they weren't communicating, he might have just lost hope that no one cares, no one's coming. He's not going to make it. But the fact they kept talking to you, uh, I think that extra bit really gave him everything he needed to be able to hold his composure, which is not easy to do when he's at a life-threatening situation. I'm right there with you on that. That that definitely will make a world of difference. I'm glad you pointed that out and just giving us that insight, that firsthand experience that you got. That's that's really really helpful. I mean, how many times have you ever known someone? I've, this has happened to me once or twice. You ever gotten stuck in an elevator? I don't wish that on anybody, but I got stuck in an elevator. It was a brand new building, and uh, they hadn't hooked up the emergency phone yet. I don't know how the building passed. So I'm in the elevator. I have my cell phone. I call 911. Yeah. And I let them know I'm such and such. I'm in such and such building. And um, I believe I'm stuck in an elevator. And she's like, you're awfully calm. I said, yeah, I'm stuck in the elevator. There's another lady here. There's a fan going. The air conditioning's on. The lights are on. I mean, we're comfortable. Uh, just wondering if you can get us some help. And the lady next to me, she's like, you're so calm. I said, yeah, everything's going to be fine. And she's like, oh, my God. She's like, I don't know what I would do if you weren't here. I said, I didn't do anything. I said, everything. She said, no, she said, you're just so comforting. You're like so positive. I said, well, they're going to get here. They're going to help us. Everything's going to be fine. She's like, she's like, I don't believe this. She says, I would have like freaked out. I said, everything's fine. And I believe that. Everyone has challenges, Marcus, and we talk about this many times. Yeah. It's not whether a challenge is going to happen to you or to I. It's that how are we going to choose to respond to that challenge? Are we going to get all uptight and be like, oh, my gosh, why did this happen to me? And, and, and get so defensive. And now any little bit of energy that we have is now put forth to fight off something that we could have used to help ourselves. So if we choose to respond in a certain manner, that could be the difference, Marcus, of us living or dying. That's a diamond attitude and, and a good mindset to carry along. And I, I tell you, you just dropped some golden nuggets there that we can just, you know, take back and read back and re take back and reinvest over and over again. So well, I, I hope everyone's uh, enjoyed this show. I know it's a little shorter than yeah. normal, but I feel the content tonight was really good. We had some really personal stories, and I hope that you're going to uh, definitely tune in to our next week uh, show. And I'm going to give you a little uh, two cents on what that's going to be. We have uh, Mr. Robin Elliott uh, who will be with us, and uh, he's a remarkable man. I've known him for a while. He's actually going to be talking to us about how to network, and he's actually um, all the way from Canada. So I think you're going to have a treat. We have some amazing people, including an author, coming uh, next month. So you definitely want to stay tuned because we have some great guests every single week uh, next month. But listen, if you have an idea for a show for the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, just visit jmor.com. In the top, you'll see Reach Out. Click on the Reach Out to contact us. On the contact us form under web, give us your name, your information, 
what idea do you have for a show? Would you like to be a guest on the show? Remember that if you do ask to do that, our shows are not about sales. They're about providing value, just like we did here tonight. So if your intent is to come on and try to push a new product, um, you're not going to get on our show. And we've had people that have done that, and we've had to actually say, I'm sorry, but you know, we, we can't uh, take your interview. We're about providing value. So if you really want to provide value like I do and Marcus does every uh, single week, as well as our great guests, you know, we work hard to find you top-notch quality guests that really don't just care about uh, themselves, but they care about you and I and the team and, and the world. And I think that's what it's about. And lastly, if you have a product uh, that you'd like me to unbox, uh, you can also go to the same site, let me know what the product is. You'd have to donate it to us, and then uh, I would unbox it. And then we do a review and then probably have you on the air. So I hope you've all enjoyed this show as much as I know Marcus and I have tonight. But I hope that you will remember that everything that happens in your life happens because of your attitude. Now, that doesn't mean that because something just happened to you caused it. But if you have a positive attitude, then that little blip that hits you is just going to be that. It's going to roll off your back. If you start crunching up and really getting stressed about it, well, you're going to hold that um, in you and you're going to cause it to be a lot more challenging than it needs to be. So, again, I hope you've enjoyed the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Definitely tune in next week for uh, Robin Elliott. And, Marcus, thanks again for being a great co-host tonight. I think we had another great show, didn't we? Outstanding show, John. I definitely enjoyed it. It's always a joy to be able to talk with you. It's always a pleasure. Well, listen, you be well, everyone. Be safe. Practice uh, social distancing. Be smart. Have fun. Live life. And be you. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.